Father God, we thank you that you are with us in the midst of this war. We thank you that the battle belongs to the Lord. We thank you that you are victorious in all of this. Thank you, Lord, that you are able to keep us, that you are faithful to complete the work you've begun in us, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, Lord God. Even the weapons that come up against us in our minds, in our hearts, in our physical bodies, in our circumstances, that you are well able to defeat our enemy. And as we follow you, surrender to you, and trust you, walk with you, Lean not to our own understandings. In all our ways, acknowledge you. You will direct our paths into freedom and truth. And I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross, that you believed the Father, that he would raise you from the dead. You believed that if you took on our afflictions, our burdens, you could defeat the enemy and be raised from the dead because you trusted in the Father too. And so I thank you, Lord God, that you're faithful to complete that work that you have started in all of us, Lord God, that we are not uh, alone And the addictions that beat us up, Lord God, bind us, destroy us, try to um, snare us, trap us into taking us, kidnapping us, taking us to hell, Lord, that they will be exposed now even this day in the lives and hearts of the people who are listening and in their loved ones. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for wisdom. We ask that we would speak as the oracles of God. You know what's in our heart. You know what's in our spirit. We ask that we'd speak through the, um, the oracles of God, speak through your spirit, in Jesus' name, and give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to be changed by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, today, Margie, uh, we're, we are addressing the issue, we could say the horror of, or the horrors of mm-hmm. addiction. Mm-hmm. And um, so before we get going here, why, uh, why can you uh, speak well to the subject well, of addiction. You know, you're not, we're not here to brag about you, but you do yeah. have experience. You've never been an addict. Correct. But you have ministered to thousands and thousands of people that are dealing with various sorts of addictions. Well, I'm not an addict in the negative sense of the word, but I am addicted to Jesus. So there, but no, That's I've okay. worked, <laughs> I've in the, in my uh, early life, in part one or two of my life, and now I'm on part three. Um, I went to school uh, as a, uh, to be uh, licensed as a certified chemical dependency counselor and also have a master's in chemical dependency counseling uh, from the St. Cloud University. Um, <clears throat> I worked in treatment programs, both inpatient, outpatient, a lot of aftercare. That's actually where I cut my teeth in counseling was through aftercare um, for men, especially men, who are coming out of the um, treatment programs. Uh, and so I've learned a lot, um, seen a lot. And of course, when you put all that together with the revelation of truth and freedom through Jesus Christ, knowing what I know about the truth that sets you free, it broadens my uh, understanding, my approach um, to um, addictions. And, you know, I was so, when I was in Teen Challenge counseling there um, for three years as the, the primary counselor, I had about 100 students at that time. Um, God would show me, and most of them were in there, of course, for some sort of an addiction. And God would show me little pieces of the puzzle. And then he would say to me, okay, remember that piece. I'll show you later where it goes. And 
after three years, I said, I've got so many puzzle pieces, Lord, I, I can't hold anymore. What do you want to do with this? And so he says, I want you to write the book. And so I wrote the first book, Taking the Devil to Court, which was just a primer. It's a primer. It's like your first reader. It's not like um, it's going to tell you all the answers, but it's surely going to stir up the, plow up the soil and get you to think about things in a, never, in a different way. And then later on, um, as I was more uh, aware of, and, and by the way, I taught for many years too at Salvation Army, um, was on the advisory board there as well. So I've been exposed to this whole horrible situation for a long, long time and worked personally with people also who have struggled with addictions um, and counseling in my counseling office. So um, anyway, my second book was called Cravings. Why do I do what I don't want to do? And this was really an incorporation of Romans chapter 7, what Paul is talking about, what, why I'm doing what I don't want to do, which obviously what is what an addiction is, um, and, and applying it not just to... Uh, chemical addictions, but to food addictions and all kinds of life-controlling problems that seem to take us, take over our abilities to, uh, to say no. Our, it, it, we lose our, our, our willpower and we kind of are controlled by that thing. So, Is that how you would define addiction? I mean, what exactly are the addictions? You alluded to there's many different kinds of addictions. There can be yeah. you know, food addictions, chemical addictions, alcohol addictions, uh, you know, sexual addictions, right. all kinds of things. But what exactly is, what is the root? How do you really define, define it? an addiction? Well, I just define it very simply. An addiction is something that controls your life. It controls you. It controls relationships, behaviors, and ultimately begins to take over and control your health. It, it, it's, it comes in through an unbridled appetite or a craving that ends up causing us to do what we do not want to do, like I said in Romans 7, 16, 19, and 20. So a craving is a strong urge for something. It's like um, a vacuum. You know, there's a vacuum, there's a lack, there's a void in a person's life, a lack of meaning, they're empty, they have no purpose, they, their relationships aren't fulfilling. And so that a vacuum de- demands that it be filled. That's the, the you know. Mm-hmm. And so the enemy is using that lack, that need that emptiness to create an urge inside of us to fill that vacuum. And in the end, it's, it grips us um, and we become out of control. What exactly, you know, you're talking about this vacuum. What, what exactly is that? Is that something that's, that's common um, to all of us? There's, Absolutely. There's, there's, some, there's an emptiness inside that we know something's missing. Well, yeah, yeah, and, that's and, right. And then, then we are, uh, could we say, tempted mm-hmm. to to fill it in in. Uh, we have a legitimate need mm-hmm. that we try to uh, fulfill in, in an illegitimate way. Right. Satan always does that. He creates the torture rack where there's a real need, um, and and uh, James says it. I think. Um, uh, let away of your own lusts and entice in the old King James. But basically that word lust can be translated also desires. You're desires. let away of your desire. And our desires for what? For love, purpose, meaning, um, relationships, uh, you know, goodness, justice. We have all these kinds of needs and we're led away when, when, we're, when we are put in that place where we have a need, a lack, uh, and fear comes in. And then he says, here's your solution. And so many times that people are listening to and operating out of 
a spirit or a sense of fear, which is the tempter, which comes in to tempt them to fill that void, that lack, with the devil's solution. And that's when sin is conceived and brings forth death. So the, the devil's solution, for example, simple, simple to pain is a pain reliever. And the pain reliever is oftentimes, uh, you know, it can be an over-the-counter, it can be uh, uh, from the street, illegal or legal, and it begins to take over and begin to monitor or, or manage your emotions and your feelings. And I think a lot of people are addicted because they're trying to manage their feelings because most people live their life based not on the foundation of the Word of God because they don't even know what that is anymore, but they're managing, trying to feel good. I want to feel better. I want to, you know, and so feelings become their their barometer for how well they're doing. And so they're trying to manage their feelings. And a lot of times, you know, it starts out pretty innocent. This invasion of the soul starts out with, oh, just, we're just going to hang out with our friends. We're just going to have a little fun. It's just goofy. Everybody's doing it. And, and ultimately though, you have to get to the root of, of what you're trying to accomplish here. What what you're trying to fix in order to fix the problem. So I keep thinking as you're talking there, is there any way, say like with a, a, a parent, parent and child, is there any way that a, a parent or a maybe even a pastor, a godly pastor, seeing an individual, having a relationship with an individual that you can detect what that void is is there, I mean, uh, is a matter of prevention. In other yeah. words, if, if, if a parent, say, could recognize what is this child needing, they're needing the love, they're needing the encouragement, they're needing to find their gift, they, they need to recognize that they're valuable. Is there, is there a way that, that addictions, in a sense, can be prevented? Absolutely, they can be prevented, but they're not because most people... Uh, the Bible, the Bible says in uh, I think it's uh, Psalm uh, eleven, thir- whatever it is, that if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And so the thing that happens is most parents, yes, you may be. You say, well, I'm not addicted. Well, you are codependent sometimes, or we're in relationship. Codependency means you're in relationship, stro- a close relationship with someone who is addicted, and this becomes the controlling factor in your life as well. You're trying to keep them from drinking, keep them from killing themselves, trying to get them to quit. Uh, you know, and, and, and we can be in marriages where we're married to someone who's addicted to a chemical or a substance. And then we are also then at that point drawn in, pulled in to that web and that snare. And so what can we do? Well, the first thing we can do is go back to the the foundation, which is Jesus Christ, but most of these addictions, many of them begin in, again, like I said, a place of lack or absence. The father's gone, the parents, the, the, house is, the household is divided, divorced, broken. Um, there's not enough money. There's some lack somewhere that's creating pain. And so a lot of times people are using these things to feel better, to deal with an anxiety. And they don't realize in the end, when you get to that final revelation that you're out of control, that you're gripped by, you become gripped by a sense of terror, really, and, and the realization of being out of control and how am I going to get back my life? And so this becomes the, the, the terrifying torture rack of I've got to quit, but I can't stop. And people are facing, you know, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but when people think about having to quit or quitting using, they know there's consequences. Satan has, has set it up so that when you stop giving him the drug he wants, 
um, when you, the, your body will go through a withdrawal because you become psychologically and biologically uh, addicted to some of these things. And that withdrawal becomes then the, the demonic threat that if you quit, you're going to go through all this torture, this pain, the DTs, the, all these things, the, the sweats, the fear. The, and so a lot of people then to um, prolong or avoid or delay that possible you know, uh, um, deliverance or going through um, the withdrawals, they will deny that they have a problem. And this is, this is kind of like you get addicted, you're seduced into believing this is fun. I'm just, I can quit anytime. That's one of the things people keep are, are keep hearing. You hear them say it, well, I can quit anytime. I don't have a problem. You have a problem with my problem. I can quit anytime. Um, and so they are denying the real urgency or the sense of danger of what they're doing. And um, this denial then prolongs and deepens the entrenchment that they're gripped in. And, and so people come to the point where there, you said there is a lack that causes pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And then there is. Well, can I say uh, something about that just to yeah, add on to okay. that a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> like it, the addictions come out of a sense of lack, unfulfillment, emptiness, boredom. A lot of kids start using just because they're hanging around with their friends and they have nothing to do. And this becomes a pastime. In the olden days, they would do their chores and work outside and play and ride their bikes, whatever. And nowadays it's not safe to do that. There's no chores to do. And there's just a, a, a listlessness. We were created to be productive and accomplish things and be satisfied to work. Work is actually a blessing. Um, it can bring, bring satisfaction and accomplishment, but people don't even have those opportunities. And they're also very disconnected. And that's another place of great pain we're connected with our disconnected with ourselves and the world around us. So again, this disconnection, all this emptiness, causes people to want to again fill the vacuum. So we're disconnected, but yet in a sense, you know, we're more connected than ever before. With, right. With internet, mm-hmm. Facebook, all, all this kind of stuff. But it's not satisfying. So it's it's a it's a connection. It's a technical connection, right. but it's not. It's not a human it's life not, to life, not, you know, soul to soul, to life, yeah. heart to heart. Exactly. Soul, to soul connection for the most part. And so it's very artificial and it's very unfulfilling in the end. So some people, um, again, they, be, they, they become deliberately oblivious to what they're doing and what's really going on in their lives. And part of that, again, the, the bottom line is truth versus lie. And the truth is that the foundations have been destroyed, that the people are not getting the, the true hope and peace and understanding that comes from having a relationship with God and understanding the war that goes on for their souls. They do not even understand. They're like babes in the woods, and they don't realize in the woods there's lions and tigers and snakes that are poisonous, and you know, and they, they just wander around in there, and they don't realize we're in a spiritual war. So... The foundations, and again, it's all been a deliberate, ongoing attack. Satan strips the father out of the home. The home becomes divided. Absent fathers, kids are listless, they're wandering. Mom's busy trying to do two things now, raise the the kids and make a living, or vice versa. I mean, it happens to the men and the women uh, probably equally is the same. But the problem is that no one addresses the real issues, even in the treatment programs. Many times it's all about quitting. Just quit. Just work the program. Just, you know, and if you Take fail to work, the, right, make, make better choices. And it all goes back to willpower and trying to, to change your behavior. But the problem is 
It's not a behavior problem. Yes, there are behaviors that are problematic here, but the real problem is not, can't be fixed by what, by changing my behavior. And so people, you know, if they get through the program, they white knuckle it, they try harder, but you can only do that as long as you, you know, it's like trying to hold your breath underwater. You can only do that for a certain amount of time. And then you have to die or come up for air because we're not fish. We're trying to be something we're not. And so when you're trying without addressing the real, the real issue is not an issue of behavior, but of being. And, and we've got to understand who we are, where we came from, why we're here, and what's going on. So, so these, whether it's, you know, chemicals or, you know, pornography or whatever it is, uh, the promise relief, all right? So relief, I mean, uh, yeah. TV Pain commercials. Pain relief, right. You know, you take this, you'll have relief from your symptoms. I mean, it'll, it'll cause all these horrible side effects, but it'll give you relief. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 like well, it's it's, it's, it's presented. Horror. Yes, it's presented. As this a is magic this is wonderful, fix. but it could kill mm-hmm. you and cause bleeding and heart disease and stuff like that. Right, all of the all of those little side effects that come to creep up on you and eventually take over, and the 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 cure is worse than the the problem in the beginning. Yeah, and so it's we. It promises relief, but it takes you under control. Well, it's interesting that um, addictions, um, cravings, um, and and even the words potions and pharmaceuticals, which in the olden days, way old, when the witches would concoct their little potions and brews in the witches in the witches. Uh, Witch cauldron. doctors, you see, well, yeah, that in, too. In, in many countries yeah, of the world, all there's the these, shamans. The, the, the witch devil doctors. has his, uh, you know, his healers and his. Uh, deceivers as well, but so even you know even the word pharmacia or pharmakia comes from the Greek word for witchcraft. So what you're seeing here again, how does witchcraft play into an addiction? Well, it is it's a a manipulation. Witchcraft is a controlling or a manipulation uh, of circumstances, people or whatever to uh, get control of them. And so in you're trying to control your feelings, you're trying to manage your feelings, and so you're taking this potion whether it's legal or illegal, to try to manage, control your feelings and or your circumstances. To but, but, but alcohol and substances and chemicals don't make your circumstances better. They actually just create more poverty. And so we hear so much these days about opioid addictions, you know, that, you know, painkillers, pain relief and so forth. But, you know, so we've got these, if we're talking here chemicals, we've got it all the way from the, um, the the drug dealer in the back alley yeah. to the clean, uh, sterile, pristine, yeah. sterile <laughs> pharmacy on the corner. Mm-hmm. You know, drug stores. Remember in the old days they were called store. drug stores. Well, that was now, pretty true. Now it's, what is it? It's a pharmacy. Well, what's the same the same word? Yeah, it's right? drug. But anyway, people, it's all been dressed up to be something acceptable. But, and, but there's a lot of, mo- most people, there are, if if you say, if you go to a doctor, say you're getting older and you go to a doctor and they say, well, what medications are you on? It's an assumed deal right, that you're going to be on some sort of medication. Mm-hmm. They can't believe it. They think you're lying if you say you're not on any kind of medications. So, you know, is this too a form of, you know, they're prescribed by doctors? Right. Is this another people, form yeah. of... Uh, Deception. Deception, yeah. addiction, as mm-hmm. well. That mm-hmm. where you, you know, otherwise, you know, clean living people are are addicted because of um, prescription 
drugs. Well, and I think part of it is too that because we don't know the truth, we don't know the real accurate, have an accurate understanding of the scripture and what God has given us and how the enemy works. We are just kind of like at a loss as to figure out what's going on in my world. And no one seems to tell anyone the truth, really. We just, we just, you know, here, the the bottom line, the bottom line uh, issue is not an issue of behavior. It's not about quitting an addiction or being making a better choice. It is about being. The whole issue is is being versus behavior. And if you don't know who you are as a being, a human being, a created son or daughter of the Most High God, you don't know where you came from. You don't know why you're here. You don't know what you're doing. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You don't know where you're going. All of those answers have been stripped from you or kept from you then all we have to look at is behavior because Satan says you are what you do. In this world down here, everything is based on behavior. It, it, no one takes into consideration that you're a son or daughter of God except some of the more um, truly uh, Christ followers, the ones who really understand that issue. But for most, in, the, in every situation, whether it's a hospital, whether it's a, a drug treatment program, whether it's the street, the court, um, the school, everybody is addressing behavior. You need to take responsibility. You need to be a better, uh, do it better, do it more, do it over, do it again. Um, didn't do it right. And so everybody is judging themselves and others based on behavior rather than understanding that the being is caught up. And because we're being deceived out of that lie comes behavior. So if you want to address an addiction, if you want to help your children, going back to that question you asked a few minutes ago, begin to cause them to understand and know who they are, where mm-hmm. they came from, and listen to them. And, and you know, so many times we're, we're panicky, afraid for our children or for our loved ones or, or, or for our, our using mates or whatever, and we lecture them, we scold them, we freak them out with all of this, you know, demanding um, talk rather than saying, rather than keeping your conversation safe and sweet and listen and understand, parent, that your child who is being gripped by this terrible spirit of, of addiction is in a, in, a, in a fight for their life. And you don't need to be pushing them further, further away. You need to recognize, pray for them, lift, lift them up, and believe God for them, that God is able to bring them through this battle because Satan is here to kill them, destroy them, take away their gifts, and God is here to uh, complete the work he's begun. And so if you understand this is a spiritual battle, and it's not that your child is bad, uh, but the thing that's happening to them is, is bad, and give it to God and keep believing in them. Keep causing them to, to know that you believe in them, that you love them, that you don't love them because they're perfect. You don't love them because they got straight A's. You love them because they are yours. And this is the big barrier. People do not really believe they're loved. We all know, yes, Jesus loves me, but we really don't know that. We say that, and we know it at that very surface level, God loves me, but they don't really believe that for a number of reasons. Number one, they don't believe it because bad things keep happening to them all the time. And if God is good, then why is he letting all these bad things happen? So God becomes questionable. Who is he? What's his intention? What's his motive? I can't trust him. Then I have to go back to figuring it out myself, being on my own because God is is not good, not good all the time. And so this becomes another spiritual challenge for people and an obstacle that needs to be overcome. So parents, if your child is freaking you out, refrain from panicking and freaking out because you somebody's got to stay cool-headed here. Someone's got to give them the solution, the love, the peace, the path, the road. And again, unfortunately, most kids 
who are out on the streets and banging around like this, their parents have already, um, you know, I don't know. Their parents have already fallen for the lie and the fear and, and judge them on their behavior rather than their being. Well, what about, you know, parents? You know, the, here's, a, here's an issue. I think, it's, is it Proverbs 22, 6? It says, train up a child in the way that he should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. Yeah. So there are parents that have done, that are sure. godly parents. Absolutely. That have kids that are just strung out on drugs. Well, the reason that is, is not because they're, they did something wrong, but it's because they are godly parents in a way, and Satan is super attacking their children. Right. And just a little aside, because of the presence of fentanyl now, which probably most parents don't even know what it is, is a terrible, deadly chemical. It's it's a it's a killer. It's a it's a for sure a deadly. You take that, you your chances of dying are there, right there at, in your face. And a lot of these kids, even their Christian kids, you take a drug with fentanyl in it one time, and you are very likely to die. Mm-hmm. And so these kids know nothing about fentanyl. They think this is just you know everything gets laced. The marijuana, the pot, mm-hmm. the this, the that, mm-hmm. the drugs, the alcohol even can get laced. But kids. It, it was just going to try it one time. Just try it. See what it's like. Curious. Mm-hmm. And if you have fentanyl in that little potion, that little powder, that little drug that you just ingested, you could very well be and and be dead. And God loves the children, and Satan hates the God, the the, the children of the righteous. And so there's a there's a caution and a danger there that I don't want to cause fear in people, but to just have an understanding that fentanyl is no respecter of persons. The first time user who is young and ignorant is just as um, endangered as the veteran user. There's no, who's cheated death, death maybe a couple of times. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, but you know, God also, we have to know mom and dad, God is in ultimate control. And, and at this point you may have to surrender that child back to the Lord and say, God, you, they, they belong to you. They came from you. I'm trusting you. It's like you have to trust God for, Anything that happens to your child, whether they're in a, an accident or they get sick or, or they're in a bad relationship, at every point, mom and dad, you have to surrender and you have to po- possibly even begin to confess and repent for the iniquities of your generations and your own iniquity in having to try to take care of this or manage this or without God. And we need to ask the Lord where we need to repent and confess so that Satan loses his claims, loses his right to bring his demonic judgment upon us and we can claim the righteous blood of Jesus Christ over us and over our children. And you begin to pray like that and you go to the throne of grace and you say, God, Satan does not have a right to my son or my daughter because you died. Jesus, your blood, your blood is my righteousness. It's the righteousness of my children. They asked you into their heart, whatever they did. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But we declare the righteousness of Jesus Christ as our righteousness and Satan has no right then to um, try to uh, demand or claim a right to kill us. And like, you know, street drugs, like fentanyl. I mean, all these drugs are disguised, are laced. They're, you know what I'm saying? They're just, they're all dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. They're all deadly. You never know. You get it. You never know what you're getting. Right. Even even when you get um, a prescription drug, you yeah. never know what you're getting, even though they might have pages of side effects, side effects mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you never know what it, you're getting. You never know well, and it's what just, it's going to do to you. And I have clients that are actually, um, you know, in, in, in faith, they took the medications, they took this prescriptions that were written for them. 
they didn't go out in the in the street to get it. They they went to the their doctors. They got a prescription for some, um, you know, uh, pharmacia co- cocktails of some sort. And now they're terrified because they're they're addicted. They're hooked, um, and and we don't realize really the amount of panic that can take over a person's life when they finally realize that they're trapped, that they're ensnared, that they can't get out of this thing. They have to have this thing to live, whatever it is. And that spirit of fear and panic is real. And so the facing, um, you know, the, the ordeal of going through, like I said earlier, the withdrawal um, is terrifying. And, and some of these drugs, if you've been on them for years, you're gonna, what we really need is a divine deliverance. And God does mm-hmm. that. From time to time, he'll just remove the nasty, painful effects of the withdrawal. But, and, but we need to know that God is for liberty. God is for freedom. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And if you know who you are, and I think we're going to have to wrap it up here, but for, for now, we'll talk about this again maybe next week, but for, to know who you are, that you are um, uh, a being with a divine destiny, a divine purpose, and that Satan is just here to destroy you, to knock you off the road of salvation, to knock you off the road of holiness, and to make you in, uh, inadequate, uh, completely lost. And that if, for example, if I know who I am, then I can ask the question, they'll say, do you want to drink? Do you want to use? Do you want, a, you know, I'll say, well, why would I want to do that? I don't, I, that's not who I am. I don't need drugs and alcohol to feel better about myself because I already know who I am. I'm loved by God. And as we walk in the word and as we grow in the confidence of that word, we can surely say God is not an addict. He made us in his image. He's not addicted. He didn't make us to be addicted to anything except goodness, truth, and, and, and him. So the idea, the prevention, is to be firmly established in, in who you are. Knowing, and knowing that who, you're loved. Knowing yeah. who you are, knowing that you're loved. Firmly established at that place. That's a foundation um, when, that, you, that you have uh, uh, in your life that you're not going to get shaken off that foundation if you firmly know. Well, it, you have to really, it has to be uh, embedded taught. in your being. Right. It has to be just such a part of you. You're so firm in knowing who you really are but in the problem Christ, knowing is, that you're loved. Mm-hmm. But how many people are in that situation? Not very many. How get many the, kids are right. in that situation? No. No. When they, you know, they're going through yeah. puberty and school and everything school. else. It's just like the the God is not in their thoughts. the The righteousness of God, the truth of God, freedom is not even because at 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 that point of initiation where you begin to use a drug, you don't realize you're not. You you still think you're free. I'm free to use it. I have a free will. I can do it if I want. And we don't realize that ultimately that free will that we have is being used by Satan to in, to bring us into a place of complete and utter bondage and destruction. Right, right. And so um, to make th- this, is it's a growing process. People don't suddenly, usually, come into a deep and holy, powerful revelation of Jesus Christ. I mean, sometimes like with Paul the Apostle, yes, he got that, but he was years and years out there doing the wrong thing. And then finally God got a hold of him. I believe that's what's going to happen in these days because people are being destroyed by things they, they've allowed or believed would be helpful, keep them safe, keep them protected, take care of their emotions, heal the pain, Help whatever, whatever. function. 
just function in, in a very fun. yes yes in this very very dangerous world where everything is a, is basically crisis management and right now also we must realize in this time that we're living in everything is ramped up to to mm-hmm. create absolute fear panic terror dread and death death is the ultimate goal of the enemy death without jesus christ is his ultimate goal for all of us and so um addiction is just a, a, a just one of his many ways of destroying human life and so i i believe father god we just thank you that you said you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free we want that truth to know first of all who we are where we come from that we don't need to use this chemical or this substance to be more of who we already are because it won't make us more it'll make us less and we don't need to indulge in the behaviors that the enemy suggests as solutions to our problems lord we thank you father for divine holy rescue and deliverance and that even in the programs that preach uh sobriety work the program try harder it's up to you and then bring the judgments and condemnations where you don't really want the program because you didn't try hard enough that even these programs would begin to realize it's about identity, it's about true being, mm-hmm. knowing who we are, and that we are loved, that God is with us, that we're not alone, and that they will not be forced into avoiding this spiritual encounter with God because it's not, it's not acceptable in the world. We're not living by the world's standards, Father God. We're asking you to intervene in the world's regulations and rules and programs to bring in the divine revelation of Jesus Christ and freedom. And I pray today that for those many who are suffering with an addiction or watching someone that they love very much suffer with an addiction, being drug away, that you, Lord God, would intervene in a miraculous way, even now, that their prayers, I know sometimes we pray so long that we give up on praying. I pray, oh God, that you have not given up on us or on our praying, that you would intervene, that you would act mightily, quickly, swiftly, completely, to deliver us from the snares of the the fowler. Lord, even your prayer, deliver us from evil. It says, deliver us from the evil one. And so we pray now, Father, that you lead us not into temptation or allow us to be permitted to go into that temptation, but lead us, deliver us from evil, from the evil one. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, by the way, sorry. I just want to recommend again the book Cravings and Taking the Devil to Court. Both of them are available um, at liferecovery.com on our website. There's a lot of stuff there that can really help people, and I believe that these are tools, weapons to um, bring us to freedom. So liferecovery.com, cravings, why do I do what I don't want to do, and taking the devil to court. Check them out. God bless. I have an emergency. What is your location? 